Amen. Well, now that Brian, Pastor Brian, covered politics and slavery, and Pastor Jeremy addressed wives and husbands, what do you say I lead us in some lighter matters in chapter 3? Huh? Someone reached out to me last week and said, was there a reason why you didn't cover either of those tough issues? Honestly, all joking aside, there is no reason. We did not pick and choose who should handle what topic. All our pastors are confident in the Word of God. And they handled the Word and the issues that the Word addressed well, didn't they? They did. Hallelujah. We can celebrate. It's a gift that the Lord has given us in His, in His grace upon us to be able to, to, to rightly divide the Word of God and to preach and teach and, and to see us all being risen up in the love and instruction of the Lord. We're, we're grateful for their gifts. It's important that you know that we do not brush over God's timeless instruction to us in the Bible. We don't brush over any bit of it because in it are the very words of life. The very words of life. We must work through every word God has given us. And if we have a problem with his word, our problem lies not in the word itself, but in how we understand or in how we receive and respond to His Word. His Word is life. Amen? Amen? More precious than fine gold, sweeter than drippings of the honeycomb. Is His Word precious to you? I hope so. Let me ask you another question as we work our way into the passage this morning. By show of hands, who wants to live a life full of blessing. Hmm. This is good. This is good. Some of you, this is set up. <laughs> I ain't putting up nothing. That's fair. That's fair. That was you? That's fair. That's fair. Others, trust me. You feel comfortable with the question? Yeah. I want a life full of blessing. That's fair too. That's good. Still others? Oh no. I know where this question leads. Too many false gospels preached around that question. That's good. If your senses were triggered, be discerning. Do you want to live a blessed life? If some of you are remembering the scripture passage we read this morning, the Beatitudes in Matthew 5, the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are the poor in spirit, those who mourn, the meek, those who hunger and thirst, those who are mocked, reviled, and persecuted, you may be saying, I'm honestly not sure if I want 
the blessed life. That's fair too. So then, it really depends on what I mean by blessed, right? It's not that easy to answer because this word blessing can be pretty vague in our day, can it? It's one of those words we use in a variety of contexts and across a whole spectrum of circumstances. We, we speak of it materially. When we have all that we want, we are blessed. Things working out for us, blessed. Before we eat, we say, has the food been blessed? Or we say a blessing. I come from a faith practice in which my gold cross chain had to be officially blessed before I wore it if I wanted real protection from God. We bless each other as a sign of thanks. Bless your heart. And after nine years of pastoral ministry, I still say, bless you, after someone sneezes. What does that even mean? Someone said something about Indians and a spirit. What? I don't know, but I still say it every time someone sneezes. I've got to really reconsider that one. So... In order to know whether or not we want a life full of blessing, we really have to answer the question, what does it mean to be blessed? This is going to be important for us in our study today in 1 Peter 3. We're going to see Peter summarize the last several weeks in the next few verses, and in them we'll observe the vital importance of true blessing in the Christian life. What is it? Do you want it? How do we get it? How do we give it? Blessing. This should be good. Join me in a word of prayer. And then we'll read through the whole passage, 1 Peter 3, 8 through 12, and I'll invite the ushers to come forward and pass out Bibles for those who would like to see the passage in its context, which I would highly recommend having a Bible in hand. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you have given us your word. You tell us in your word that you lead us in the path of life, in your presence is fullness of joy at your right side are pleasures forevermore. Lord, as we seek you in your word now, would you bless us, fill us with light and life through your word and the power of your Holy Spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The ushers will pass around Bibles. We'll be reading 1 Peter 3, verses 8 through 12. That'll be our whole passage, then we'll, then we'll work through it. To sum up, all of you, be harmonious, sympathetic, brotherly, kind-hearted, and humble in spirit, 
Not returning evil for evil or insult for insult, but giving a blessing instead. For you were called for the very purpose that you might inherit a blessing. For the one who desires life to love and see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. He must turn away from evil and do good. He must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous, and his ears attend to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Peter says, to sum up, verse 8, now, or finally, all of you. Several weeks ago, in chapter 2, verse 11, at the start of this section, Peter said, Beloved, I urge you, as aliens and strangers, keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles, that's the unbelieving world around us, so that in the thing in which they slander you as evildoers, they would, by seeing your good deeds, glorify God on the day of visitation. Then Peter goes on to address his fellow elect exiles living in a variety of circumstances as citizens, as slaves, wives, husbands. One commentator said, this is Peter's version of a code of conduct for those who dwell in Roman households and in the household that was Rome. Remember, Throughout the Roman Empire at this time, the pressures of all kinds of social persecution were growing more and more intense for the church. Peter's concern was that the pressures from society all around the church would weigh so heavily on the church that it would cause anger and divisions within the church and anger and retaliation from the church in the world. That's Peter's concern. Peter's aim is to preserve church unity, purity, and its witness in the world around them. He calls them to holy living in a hostile world. Here in verse 8, Peter summarizes and then extends his code of holy conduct to Finally, all of you. And then lists five adjectives that characterize holy living. He says, be harmonious, sharing the same mind, heart, and spirit as that of Christ. Be sympathetic, bearing each other's burdens. Be brotherly, embracing each other with deep, loving family bonds. Be kind-hearted, showing deep compassion for one another. Be humble, demonstrating the humility of Christ. Notice, all inner characteristics of the heart. You can't do these things as much as you must be these things. Notice also 
that each category relates to the general theme of submissiveness, which has been woven throughout Peter's code of conduct. We've been reflecting on the theme of submissiveness throughout the last several weeks. This makes sense because these characteristics reflect the very heart of Christ who, though he was God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, huh? but rather emptied himself to serve, giving his life as a ransom for many. So, Peter says, all of you Christians, be this way toward each other in the household of God, verse 8, and when you're out in the household of Rome, the world, do likewise. Verse 9. Do not return evil for evil or insult for insult. In other words, expect evil and insults. They're coming. But don't return the same. That's not going to be good for you or them or Christ. Instead, when the evil and insults come your way, bless, Peter says. For this is your calling to bless while enduring opposition. Remember from two weeks ago? And there's more. There's a motive. Peter says, so that you will inherit blessing. Now, at this point, we have to ask ourselves, what does it mean to be blessed? Clearly, as we see, this is God's category. And therefore, he is the one who defines what blessing is. And it's actually been defined before we were ever even created. In the creation account of Genesis 1, first page of the Bible, God creates light, then the heavens, the earth, the seas, all the vegetation on the earth. Then God creates animals. And scripture says, for the first time, God blessed them and said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. Then God creates his most precious possession of all creation, man and woman, in his image. And scripture says again, God blessed them and said, be fruitful, multiply, rule and cultivate the whole earth. I've given everything to you, he says. So, right from the start of Scripture, we see blessing has to do with the flourishment of life. 
It's a sharing in God's life-giving work. And this sharing in God's life-giving work flows out of our relationship to Him. Remember, then God says to man and woman, Adam and Eve, you shall eat from all the trees in the garden, including the tree of life. There you will find your abundance to live and serve in harmony with me. But the one tree you shall not eat from is the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For there you will seek the abundance of life in your own way and in your own wisdom. You eat from that tree, you will die. Your abundant life with me will unravel. You will have only separation, death, and decay. Then the serpent works his way in and deceives Adam and Eve to think that they will obtain blessing if they eat from the forbidden tree. And more blessing now sounds appealing to Adam and Eve. So they take the fruit and they eat of it and cursing falls over them and the whole earth. The consequence of seizing our own blessing in our own way. Hostility now between us and God, us and ourselves, us and each other, us and the earth. From the beginning of the Bible, the first three chapters, we begin to understand God's blessing unto life and cursing unto death. And these themes are woven all throughout Scripture. And yet God, in His marvelous grace, does not leave mankind to perish on our own. Amen? He promises to send a Savior who would come to reverse the curse and restore mankind to the life-giving blessing of fellowship with God again. This Savior is Jesus who came to take the curse of death for us, for our sin, upon Himself on the cross so that we would receive the blessing of eternal life with God. Paul says in Ephesians 1, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. For those who believe in Jesus and receive forgiveness of sin, reconciliation with God, we receive everything that belongs to Jesus. Scripture says we are co-heirs with Him. Remember the Beatitudes now. 
Blessed are the poor in spirit, those who mourn, the meek, those who hunger and thirst, those who are mocked, reviled, and persecuted, for theirs is the kingdom of God, the comfort of God, the whole earth, the satisfaction of God, the mercy of God, the sight of God, the family of God, the unchanging nearness of God. That's what it means to be blessed. Christians are blessed with the nearness of God for the flourishment of life. You see that? A life full of blessing is a life free from cursing. A Christian who believes in Jesus is only blessed. Someone better rejoice at that. Only blessed. No longer does cursing dwell within them or on them. They are curse-free. Jesus has taken it. We've been transformed, hostility removed. Now we can be a blessing to others. Look at the logic in verses 8 and 9. What's his main point? Be a blessing. Verse 9. What is the means? Inner heart change. Verse 8. What is the motive? Blessing in this life and all the more in the next when we receive our inheritance in full. You see? We are blessed to be a blessing. Inward, outward, be fruitful and multiply blessing. Because we have been blessed, redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus, inward, we have the ability to love with a sincere brotherly love, outward. And we can return cursing with blessing, knowing that more blessing is coming. This is holy living in a hostile world. Chapters 1, 2, and 3. Let's take a look now. Take this one step further and see how Peter uses Psalm 34 to support his point here. Peter says in verse 9, do not return evil for evil or insult for insult. Instead, bless, for you were called for this purpose that you might inherit blessing for, and then he quotes Psalm 34 to make his point. David's psalm while enduring his own opposition. He's saying, in a sense, for it's always been this way. Okay, let's take a look. Verses 10 and 11. Anyone who desires life, who wants to love life and see good days. Anyone want that? That's a blessed life. If so, listen in. If you want a life of blessing, you must keep your tongue from evil and lips from speaking deceit. 
Turn from evil ways and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Okay. Big words from Psalm 34 that couldn't make his point any clearer. Can you see the connections? Peter is saying, we are called to be a blessing to each other and the world around us in Jesus' name. We have received the nearness of God for the flourishment of life. We now share in the blessing of God's new creation, His life-giving work. We have the ability to truly bless or curse, cultivate life or cultivate death. Choose life, Peter says. Choose to bless in your speech and in your conduct. Speak words that give life, that build others up. Call God's favor upon people. Pray over people. Cast God's grace upon people. Be fertilizers of life. Weed control in a world of wickedness. It's who we are. It's why we're here. Salt and light of the earth. James says, if you're a Christian, you cannot bless God and with that same tongue curse man. Any man. For every man and woman has been made in the image of God. You curse man, you curse him. That doesn't come from blessing. That comes from cursing. A life full of blessing is a life free from cursing. Inward and outward. You see? A fresh water fountain does not produce salt water. Neither does, a bad, neither, neither does a good tree produce rotten fruit. Peter's saying, this is how we bless. This is how we cultivate the earth in blessing. When others cast death and decay on you, when they curse you, insult you, revile you, mock you, bless them back. Speak words of life and love. Cast life on them. Oh, how great security this requires. This requires immovable security. Think about it. Loving our enemies, blessing those who curse us, these might just be among the most difficult commands in all of Scripture. No? I'm the only one who has a hard time with this. 
I doubt it. That's why you're laughing. When we hold our tongues and let others shame us, insult us, revile us, when we don't return with words that conquer, we feel as if justice will not be served. So, what are we tempted to do? We're tempted to look away from the tree of life and fix our gaze upon the forbidden tree for security and satisfaction, thinking, if I fight back, I can have vindication now. Justice, now. Blessing, on my terms, now. I think I'll take a bite. And some of us can't restrain. So we fight back, insulting this one and insulting that one, mocking this one and mocking that one. And we wonder why our hearts are still hurting, still so heavy. Why am I even more anxious? Why am I even more fearful? Why don't I feel victorious? Because it's a lie. Cursing is deceptive. It's too easy to curse and fight back. And we think that in it we'll have victory. But Peter says, you do that, you'll multiply death and decay. Not blessing and life. It won't be good for them and it won't be good for you. There's no blessing for the flourishment of life in cursing. A life full of blessing is a life free from cursing. Look at verse 12. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous, his ears toward their prayers. True blessing. The nearness of God. He is with you. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Cursing, separation, doom. Now, these final words throw a punch that can either be in your favor or against you. Think about what Peter said. If you bless people, you're blessed. God is with you. But you curse people? You sow death and decay by your mouth, exacting vengeance with your tongue? God says, don't you expect anything from me. I don't listen to the cursed. And only 
Cursed people curse people. My eyes and ears are toward the righteous, my blessed ones who bless. By their fruit you will recognize them. Out of the abundance of life in their hearts their mouths speak. You will hear them, for they are mine. You will smell them. It will be an aroma of life. Comforting words and chilling. Family, the choice is yours. Life or death. Blessing or cursing. Choose life. Choose blessing. True blessing. Now, if you feel like your heart is just overridden with bitterness and decay, come to Jesus. Be transformed. He promises us he will not turn away anyone that comes to him. He will remove your heart of stone and put within you a heart of flesh. He tells us, he who believes in me from their innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Come. I would be happy to talk to you. I'll be here after the service up front. Come talk to me. I'd love to guide you toward Christ for the flourishment of life. Family, choosing to bless and not curse is a difficult call in our day as well. Very difficult. We live in a highly contentious culture. You know it. We're seeping in it. Extreme polarizations in the world and even in the church, unfortunately. Cursing abounds in our land. The worst is cursing within the church. Cursing over politics, cursing over race relations, gender and sexuality issues, cursing over schooling. These issues are important. They are complex and they can be very personal and therefore emotionally charged. The pressures of hostility in the world and in the church weigh heavy on us all. These that I just named are among the most significant drivers in the widespread pastoral burnout and the desire to leave the ministry. It's overwhelming. We are so vulnerable to fractures and disunity. Guard your hearts, family. Guard your hearts. Guard the church. 
family. For the sake of Christ. Remember, He has given us all we need to bear up under these pressures and persevere well. To flourish, to really flourish. He is with us. Choose life together. Choose to love each other. Be knitted together in true love. Be a blessing in the church and in the world, and it will go well for us. God promises. Resist evil temptations. Avoid the deceptive lure of anger, gossip, and slander. And remember, Christians, from two weeks ago, we look to Jesus and we follow in his steps, who while mocked and ridiculed, dealing with his own perversions and persecutions all around him, he kept entrusting himself to him who judges rightly. Those who reject us and the Christ will be judged. Vengeance belongs to God. Justice belongs to God. He will repay in due time. Our role here and now is to respond to hostility with blessing. Be harmonious, sympathetic, brotherly, kind-hearted, and humble in spirit. Seek peace. Pursue peace, not just biting our tongues, but actively drawing near to one another and to the brokenness all around us. And there, cultivate life. Showing and sharing the gospel of Jesus, setting captives free, helping the blind see. Bless unto life in the church and in the world. And God says, you will see good days. You will love life. You will be blessed. Amen? Press on, family. A life full of blessing is a life free from cursing. Inside and out. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you, thank you, thank you. Words cannot express how grateful we are. Born into this world with our little fists clenched, full of anger, self-centeredness, hostility. You have reversed the curse, redeemed us from separation and doom, restored us to the blessing of fellowship with you. Hallelujah. Lord, we gather today with really heavy hearts. Many of our hearts are burning, hurting, grieving, filled with rage. Have mercy on us, Lord. Help us to come to you. Transform us. 
Help us to see and behold your marvelous grace, the marvelous grace of the gospel, your death for our life. Strengthen our faith in you. Awaken faith among us today. Fill us with joy and gladness all of our days that we would go out into the world and be a blessing for your great name's sake. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face to shine upon you, that through you, you would be a blessing to one another and the world around us. Amen. Hallelujah. Have a great week, family.